depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place, therapy is great, and this ain't the same, but we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey, 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 Sunnies. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. Uh, And by cool people, I mean, like, you got issues, I got issues, sure, but let's find a way to laugh about it. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. Shockingly, I know I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who is very passionate about your mental health. Happy New Year, Sunnies. New year, new me, new you. This is season two. Can you believe? Um, My resolution last year actually was to start this podcast and to keep it going for a full year. Uh, The one year anniversary of the launch will be in June. So I think we're going to make it, kids. What are your resolutions this year? Do you even believe in resolutions? I'm really big on taking a hike and writing in my journal on New Year's Day, like to the top of a mountain and just feeling like I'm getting a literal bird's eye view on my life. (laughs) So I like to write in my journal and then come up with my goals for the year. I don't always achieve all of them, but it's a good to aim high, you know? Also, now that we're in season two of Crying Behind Sunglasses, excuse me, uh, I'm happy to share that I joined Soul Fire Productions. It's a podcast network full of some really dope shows that I think you guys would love, and they're going to help me as this show evolves. So you'll notice some new segments popping up, some fancy new artwork, shit's about to get real real. So buckle up. And I'm really stoked about my guest today. He's actually a big reason why I got into podcasting because we used to host Kings of Influence together along with Ray William Johnson. Uh, Today, I'm talking to Lloyd Alquist, aka Epic Lloyd of Epic Rap Battles fame. Today, he's here to share with me about how he was able to stay creative during the lockdown, what's next for Epic Rap Battles, and also how he got into surfing as a way to take care of his mental health. Oh, and I almost forgot, he also shares some details about how he and his wife go to couples therapy on a regular basis, and he's very open about it, which I find so refreshing. Like, we should all be open about the tools that we use to maintain our relationships. So I think it's really awesome. Anyway, before we get into the episode, um, just as a reminder, we're on Instagram and Twitter at Crying Behind Pod. Um, if you want to learn more about anything that we talk about in the episode, you can go on to cryingbehindpod.com. That's where we have our episode guides and a lot of different mental health resources. So you can check that out. And we have our private Facebook support group, facebook.com slash groups slash crying behind pod. Also, this interview was recorded in November, so if there are any outdated references, um, please forgive me. So, without further ado, here's my chat with Epic Lloyd. How's it going, Lloyd? Hanging in. Hanging tight. (laughs) Hanging on. Yeah, I actually, before our interview, I went on your channel and I checked out your um, phase one cipher. Yeah. 
uh, about the year 2020. Yeah. It was really cool because you were rapping and then that you had rappers from all over the world send in verses about life during lockdown. How did you think of that? Um, Josie, my wife, always gives me lots of ideas or like nudges me over the edge. So I was like banging my head against the wall trying to figure out what to do with music because it was like 2020 is like, a lot of the raps that I write come from like pain and struggling. I'm like, what the hell am I struggling about? Like, what am I, what do I have to complain about? You know, like a lot of people have worse than me. So she's like, you should like do something with people, bring people together. You know, a lot of people It's like, Oh, okay. So yeah, if I, yeah, I just started, I started writing that by myself right in the very beginning of COVID, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. And then I thought it'd be interesting to see from different people's perspective from all over the world and how it was like, Rather than complaining, just kind of like explaining what it was like. So that's kind of how it came together. This, there's lots of ciphers on, on YouTube anyway, like just rap ciphers, but usually they're not related in that same way. They're just like kind of spitting bars or whatever. So the, 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 the structure was kind of there, but the sort of the, the storyline of the content was sort of new. Yeah. Well, I, what I loved about it too, is that each person was sharing like really vulnerable feelings about how they were dealing with the lockdown. Um, and just, I thought it was very real. Like there was a a woman in there who is a mom who filmed herself and had her kid running around in the front of the frame. I I was like, this is very real. This isn't some polished rap star that's in a studio, you know? know? It was so raw. It was so perfect. That w- that woman sent me like three different angles, like and, and two of them were just like more normal. And I was like, I'm not cutting away from this kid, no matter what anybody <laughs> tells me. This kid is a star right now. So yeah, man, it was like no one was trying to be anything. It was just very raw, which I thought was nice. It was nice to see that. I, I love that. Yeah. No, I thought that was really nice as well. And it just felt really connected. And that's something that's we're missing a lot during these times is being able to feel like you actually are connected with other people because you're just in your little bubble. Yeah. Um, how has it been for you? I mean, we're really far into it now. Um, when you started making that video, it was in March. So yeah. Um, how do you feel now versus the beginning of lockdown? Um, I think, I, we, you know, I think we've all sort of hit this weird stride. You know, it was like that initial shock at first and then the second wave was kind of like, well, this is crazy, but it'll be over soon. And then, you know, George Floyd happened and it was like protests and then there was news coverage and, and like there was riots and things. And so that kind of just like you weren't only dealing with that, you were dealing with that also in the lockdown, but it was almost distracting from it. You know, it was like getting shaken away, kind of like. And then the election was like the new like locked on your phone so uh i don't know it's been up and down up and down up and down sometimes it's easier sometimes it's harder yeah i think that's accurate because every time i think like oh i got this yeah then some other new thing gets thrown your way and you got to readjust yeah i'm such a i'm a wicked social person too like i i gain energy from people you know um some people I know are like, oh, I love this. It's great. It's like my normal life. I just sit in my house alone all day and never leave. It's perfect. Like, <laughs> you're an alien, dude. I don't know. I, I don't know how to ha- handle that. So <laughs> well, so you were a hypersocial person. I, I can relate to that. I'm very extroverted as well. And a lot of times creatively, if I'm feeling stifled, 
I go out, I have a few drinks with friends and then I'm I'm back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So have you found anything that can substitute that feeling for you? I'll tell you what, I've been like a preacher for this thing. I've started like since July, I think I've been surfing every day except for like six. So I go every day to surf in the morning. And I used to be the most nocturnal person you've ever met. I'd stay up till four, five, six o'clock in the morning habitually. And now I'm up at 6.30 every morning and I'm like in the water at 7, 15, 7.30. And that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty great. And <laughs> there's a bunch of people who go together, a bunch of us, a bunch of dudes. Um, everybody's welcome, but right now it's just a bunch of dudes. Um, and it's like, it fulfills a lot of things for me. It fulfills like a sense of play, you know, which brings me great joy. You know, like that's why I love improv so much. That's why I like music so much because there's that like playing and, and synergy with people. And so this is like a, a version of that that's exciting and it's like a rush and it's a thrill. And it's also like a skill that I can work on and I can get better and see progress. And, and it's, it's, it's not just for money. It's just for like, for joy. So that has been, and then it's also like exercise, which like shakes the dust off for me. Like it, it, it releases like endorphins and all that stuff. So I can like, I feel just more calm the whole day. Um, so that's what I've been doing. I've been doing that. And it's been, it's been real helpful. Yeah. I mean, that sounds awesome. Cause it's, you're get it's, it's hitting a lot of points for you. You get the social, you get it exercise. You're um, able to let off some steam, you know, yeah, and uh, just distract yourself from other things. So that's a that's a great idea. Uh, are were you surfing before the pandemic at all? I was, and this is like okay. this is going to be my best improv teacher lesson ever. Is I I've been surfing since like 2007, 2008, but I've gotten better in five months by like twenty times better. Like I was like not really doing it before. I could like not fall and get up and stuff. But now it's like a different, you know, and it's like you do something every day for two or three hours. It's amazing how good at it you get. Like you get really fast. So when I go back to teaching improv, I'm going to have to use that analogy because like, I, you know, I'm an improv dude, but people are always wanting to do improv and rehearse twice, like once a week for two hours. And that's how good they want to get. It's like, it's going to take you, you a long time. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you should know for any of our listeners out there who only know you for your YouTube, uh, you also run a comedy theater, Westside Comedy, out here in L.A. Are, what's the status of that, by the way, uh, with COVID? Are they still doing classes? We did classes online for a while. Uh, we've been sort of hibernating since March. The classes were fine and people took them and stuff, but it was, you know, sort of more treading water and then. It, it made a little bit more business sense for us to just go dormant for a while and hang on. And um, that's where we're at right now. I'm, you know, everybody's super, super optimistic about the future and, and what's going to happen. Um, but that's kind of where we're at. It's just the safest thing for us to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Cause it's kind of like, you're not, it's really hard to predict as a business owner, what your profit is even going to be. Or what the costs are even going to be to actually reopen. It's all changing day to day, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's, there are some clubs that are open, you know, but for us, the, the DNA of our club is the intimacy and like how it's like a cool little spot and you're close together and the crowd's like real on <laughs> you. And it's yep. like all the ingredients for like 
not what's the best. So, um, and like the same thing with the, you know, we did some, we did some standup classes. We do some improv classes on zoom and stuff, but there is, it's like, they're, it's great to take a class that way, but I think there's a difference, you know, that live aspect is so special. So, um, I'll certainly, yeah. Do you miss it? I do. And I, I, it's almost like a, a wake up call, you know, because, uh, you take it for granted for a long time, especially if, you know, I can, I own a club. I can get some stage time if I want. It's not like I'm, uh, have to knock on a lot of doors to do it, you know? So you end up taking that for granted. And I don't think I'll take that for granted anymore. I think I'll like be excited to jump on stage and like, just the, the idea of getting a laugh from a rush of people. I haven't felt that in so long. This is the longest I haven't performed since I was 19, you know? So it's like, yeah, uh, it's going to be, it's a drug that's tough to replace. Yeah. But it's a good drug. Yeah. Do you find yourself making jokes at like people at an appropriate times just because you uh, don't have an outlet for it? I'm going to be so <laughs> rusty. I'm going to be so rusty. So I get around people and I'm like, ah, ah, ah. I'm like this like little happy puppy of like, I'm like this chatterbox. I'm like, Lloyd, you're thirsty as hell right now, dude. Like, this is like so funny. So thirsty for laughs. <laughs>, <I know. laughs> My crowd work's gonna be real rough. <laughs> You'd be like, "Hey, so uh, uh, you left your house today? How yeah. was that for you?" It's and they're like, be bad. Um. <laughs> you're like, "I didn't hear. Put a camera on me. It'll be much better. I'll be much better." Yeah, <laughs> I miss hysterical. it. You know, I've I've really missed having that live audience thing, and I I agree. Um, I think I also was guilty of taking it for granted because. There were so many different venues that were open and it seemed like the sh- shows were dime a dozen and there was always going to be another one. And yeah, uh, it seemed like there was a general sense of apathy a little bit, uh, yeah. not just with the performers, but with the audience, too, where they're just like, eh, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't make the the show that you've been producing for a while, but like, I'll eventually make it. And then it's like, no, no. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, you will not. <laughs> that, 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 but that was your chance, you yeah. know? So, um, yeah, I, I, I really look forward to it because I've done some Zoom comedy shows. Yeah. Um, and it's it's fun, but it feels very sterilized and sanitized. You don't get that, like you were talking about, gritty on top of each other. Yeah. Intimacy feeling. <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a irreplaceable thing about it that you just can't get. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, changing the subject, I was going to ask you, um, how have you, have you been able to stay creative during quarantine? Uh, or have you been able to in general? Uh, yeah, but it's harder. It's a lot harder. I don't, there's nothing funny to me. I write comedy. I write songs. I mean, I, I write songs that aren't comedy, but I write a lot of comedy. And there's nothing funny to me about going into my back office here and writing a song by myself for no one. It's like, it's just not what gets me going, you know, making people laugh and having fun with my friends. That's what makes me think of funny stuff. Um, So it has been difficult. Um, With the rap battles, we've been able to do a a limited amount of shoots and we like moved into some animation as well. So that helped because the music is actually much easier to do in your own space than the shoot, of course. Sure. So 
But even that has been like, what do you think of these notes via email and listen to this song and give me notes on this rather than just sitting there and listening to it with someone in real time and laughing about it and trying and experimenting and tweaking on it. That's really fun, you know? So that's been challenging. Yeah. That's been challenging. Yeah, but I, I well, I will say I, I liked the uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden rap battle. That was that was a fun one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, it worked. We got there. It, it was harder than it would normally be. But we yeah, like I said, we got there. So we're doing yeah. that. And like I wrote that phase one thing, which was cool. But there's just not a lot of like at first when we first locked down, I think I was much more creative. Like I wrote like a whole bunch real quick. I was like, oh, this is going to be my writing vacation. And now it's just like, all right. <laughs> You know, it's like, too yeah, much. yeah. Well, because when it first happened, we all thought like, oh, a few weeks, a month, whatever. Great. That's exactly the amount of time that I need to do what fill in the blank yeah. thing I've been procrastinating or fill in the blank thing that I don't normally have enough time for. And then, yeah, once you get into it's basically almost a year now, like you can't just take a writing vacation for a year. And you can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I scaring you? No, I'm I mean no, no. But it's anxiety. just like I feel like we're all gonna have PTSD after this shit. It's gonna be like nuts. Oh, yeah. You know, there's kids what, that have never that? seen. What if your kid? Like, I know a guy who's got a kid who's two. Like half that kid's life's been with a mask on. You're like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of weird kids that are just like, wait, you're socializing in person. Yeah. I'm really scared that I'm not seeing you on a screen or yeah. like babies that have been born in the middle of COVID and literally their entire lives. Have, yeah. I mean, they're not or people, conscious enough to figure it out yet, but you know. Yeah. It's weird. People being afraid to shake each other's hand, people being afraid to hug each other or kiss each other. That's going to be bad for a while. That's going to really be bummer. Like it, there's going to be a lot of elbow smashes for from now on which is real sad what do you call that elbow yes. elbow smash what do you call that an, oh. a, an elbow bump yeah elbow bump where people are I doing know, a lot when of you that. sneeze if you sneeze into your elbow i call that a drac you call it a dracula <laughs> nice because like <laughs> it's like you're pulling the cape over your face <laughs> <I like that. laughs> but the but the elbow bump, yeah, I don't really have a good name yeah, for that. There, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of this for, for the next five years. Like, what's up, dude? Then someone's going to do some, yeah. like, weird thing. I don't know. But I have to say, I don't mind that. There's a few things as a woman that have been better about this pandemic. Okay. You know where I'm going to go with this. Go on. Okay. <laughs> You're ready for this. I feel like I can always just, like, let loose with you because when I was doing the podcast with you and Ray, it was like I I would always chime in with my random feminist opinions. Let's do it. <laughs> you would let me do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm, I'm here for uh, it. Okay. So one, with the wearing of the masks, when I walk down the street, I have not had a man tell me to smile. You know? <laughs> and that's so great. Right on. Because I can't see my mouth and nobody has been like, oh, you'd be so much prettier if you just smile. Yeah. What's wrong? Ugh. It's like, ugh. So I haven't had to have that. And that's actually really improved my day because I can just walk down the street like a regular person. And yeah. also the, the hugging thing. It's very weird because I noticed, I don't know, maybe it's a circle of people that I run in, but I think it happens a lot that if you're like after a comedy show or at a party or whatever, everybody's saying goodbye in a big circle. People will always hug the women and then like shake hands or do a fist bump or a little like back for the dudes. And so like. I don't know what that's about, but I'm always like being caught in these hugs with dudes where I'm like, I don't even know you. Why do I need I'm to not, have Why this? am I hugging you now? 
That's weird. I never noticed that. I didn't like, I think I hug my dude friends quite a bit, but I can certainly see how that would happen a lot. Like the weird hug. I don't know you, man. Come on. You're all sweaty after a show. But I mean, like, what's the alternative? They're like, very nice doing a show with you, sir. Like, where where do you go from there? What's the middle? What's the middle ground? I don't know. Like a high five is always nice. High five. Good job. Yeah, good, there you go. Good five. High five. High five. I mean, I feel like a high five is way less awkward than a handshake. That feels very formal. Yeah. 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 Uh, or like or maybe messing little- up the cool daps handshake. I do that all the time. You're like, oh, fuck, shit. <laughs> like the, what handshake? You know, when you like dap somebody. So you like, it, you got the handshake, but then you got daps where you do like the finger thing and or like that. Come on, Katie. You're yeah, supposed to be oh, cool. I'm. Am I? I think you're the one who's supposed to be cool because you're a rapper. I'm a total freaking dork over here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't rap to save my life. Oh. Uh, I. Yeah. I mean, actually, the theme song for this podcast is rap, but I hired um, my friend Janine Hogan to do it because she was like, she's a coach on celebrity rap battles. Like, she knows. Fun. She does like all the beatboxing and stuff. Fun. But yeah, me. I, I whenever I see people like you spitting those rhymes, like I'm like, nope, I'm <laughs> I'm gonna stay in my lane. <laughs> but like yeah, the dap, I, I would say like the only uh, those handshakes. What it reminds me of, which is very uncool, is like on the schoolyard, little girls doing like patty cake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, that's exactly it is. It's like the you do lots of different moves. If you know somebody really well, you have like five or ten moves that you go in. But there's the stranger daps. But I mess it up all the time, and it's so awkward. <laughs> You're like, are we dapping? Are we shaking? Ah. New year, new you. New year, new me. I don't know if you're into New Year's resolutions, but one of mine is to make sure I go to see my therapist once a week, no matter what. Even if I feel like I don't need to go that week, I know that I always feel better after I talk to her. Plus, during quarantine, it's almost like a friend who is actually qualified to give me advice. The best. I want to provide that same experience for you, so I'm proud to say that BetterHelp is a sponsor of Crying Behind Sunglasses. BetterHelp is the best provider of online therapy. You take a quiz that matches you with a real, qualified therapist, not just a chatbot, within 24 hours. And if you don't jive with them, you can change at any time. It's super easy. So get 10% off your first month if you go to the link. Don't worry, it's in the show notes, but it's betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod. That's H-E-L-P, like help, I need somebody, help, not just anybody, help, betterhelp.com slash crying behind pod. <laughs> you were telling me that you've been surfing every day. That's like a morning routine. Because uh, I was going to ask you about any sort of routines that you have every day for either like self-care or for keeping your attitude up. Or is there anything that maybe you and Josie um, your wife are doing to kind of keep things positive and fun around the house. I mean, the, the surfing thing is the this is like the biggest life change I've had uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife is a very active person too, and we used to go on runs a lot together, which I liked okay, but it's not as good as surfing. Uh, not her fault; it's just not as fun. But um, she she also exercises a lot. We don't do it together, but she does that a lot. The, the surfing thing for me has been the biggest habit, you know, it's, it's the biggest habit that I've done 
we try to give each other as much grace as we possibly can. You know, Josie and I have lived together a long time, but never, like we built our relationship on a lot of space. Like we met, we were long distance for two years and she traveled for work and I traveled for work. So this last year has been the most we've been together, together in a long time, maybe in our whole relationship. So we try to give each other as much grace as possible. If somebody's just having an off day, you know, we've gotten pretty decent about being like, you know what? Let's talk about this tomorrow. Everybody take a breath, you know? <laughs> That's Everybody good. relax. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm like one of those guys who kind of like, I, I. it's not like a tough guy thing or like a denial thing, but like I really try not to focus too much on my mind, if that makes sense. Like I don't try to like, because I feel like I don't want to live into it because I do know some people in my family too that like being sick or being like depressed became like their thing. and. I know there's plenty of real cases of that that are legitimate, but there, but I think there are things that you can do if you focus too much on it to make it worse. So I just try to tough it out sometimes if I'm having a bad day. I just try not to think about it or I try to like take a walk or get out the house or I don't know, not dwell. I think that's the that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that makes sense because uh, you don't want to just give in to that uh, I think it is it, it's important to acknowledge your feelings, obviously, and like be like, OK, this is how I'm feeling today, but this is what I'm choosing to do. Yeah, I'm not going to let it ruin my day or I'm not going to just sit there and uh, like you said, just completely like wallow in it, you know? Yeah, um, that that makes sense. I mean, I, I think it's really good in a relationship when you can have someone who isn't in, trying to get the last word in. And say it like at the time they want to say it, like giving each other that space and recognizing where the other person is at and saying, OK, you know what? This is not that urgent. We can figure out tomorrow. Yeah. We can talk about this. Yeah. And usually one of us is apologizing. you like, I was just having a shit day, you know, and we also were in therapy. We stay in therapy just straight through. We're like, we do it as like maintenance, you know, so. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. That's so cool. How often, like once a week or once twice a month, twice a month. And to be honest, Uh that's one good thing. That's one better thing in COVID is virtual Zoom therapy is way more convenient. Like we used to go and drive there and it turned like an hour session into a three, two and a half hour session, you know, because you not two and a half, but like it added the travel time. You got to like plan around it. Like I can do this in my pajamas drinking coffee and um, Mm -hmm. there's no difference in like the somehow that intimacy factor is not affected like a show is or something, you know, it's just more like it's right there. It's just totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with that hundred percent. Cause like I've been doing um, online therapy during uh, COVID as well. And it is so much easier and to just pick up your phone and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm in my house. I can do this in my sweats. I don't need to get dressed up. I'm just here. Totally. And this is me, doctor. This is the real me. (laughs) I will say when I, when I first started doing the video calls at the beginning, I felt a little weird because I was like, oh, weird. Like my therapist has never seen the inside of my house. Right. Weirdly intimate. And it's not a two way thing because she's still in her office, but she's seeing my house. And I'm like. Ah, that's true. Yeah. She could be like, if your house was just in shambles, she'd be like, Katie, uh, I know we were talking about your parents, <laughs> but today we're going to talk about your house. What's the deal? <laughs> it's, just a, exactly. it's just a wreck. 
hey, that's got to or like you got to show it up. Yeah. You got to show the real you. Yeah. Or like, you know, well, you know, my dog Coco. Now she also will sometimes attend my therapy sessions. <laughs> she, she didn't get to <laughs> do before. I want to do one from the tub once just to see what happens. Be like, hey, this is uh, this is what we're doing. This is fine. Right. It's like uh, as a both joke. of you. In yeah. The just the both of us in the tub. Like, hi. <laughs> Just like see if the therapist can keep a straight face. Right. We do it on April Fool's, you know, just to like, like, you know, you like wear enough clothes so it looks like you're naked, but you have like stockings on or whatever. And then you just mm-hmm. show up and just act super normal. And then maybe halfway through you, you get up, and you make it a joke. <laughs> I, I thank you for walking me through all that. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Wait, so have you guys been going to the same therapist for a long time? Do you switch around? Uh, no, we're pretty monogamous with our therapist. You know, if she's seeing other people, we're cool with that. But like, we want to know, um, it's been the same one. And what, what kind of stuff, obviously I'm not here to pride your relationship, but I'm just curious about like, what are the techniques that uh, are working for you? Uh, in, in therapy, are they doing different, like I've been in couples therapy before they do talk about active listening or love languages or, um, I don't yeah. know, compromise. What's the latest thing that you find that they, they've been really able to help you on? Um, you know, it's there. She has talked about some of those techniques and so and they've been helpful. But like the biggest helpful thing about it for me is that it it's a scheduled mediator twice a month so that like if we have beef that comes up, I can I can like like do my case in court in front of, a, of the mediator. And I think that it's like a release valve for the both of us. Like if we get in an argument or something, we know that's what we're going to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about then. And it can like turn something that could be really nasty argument with like no clear resolution to like, you say what you really need to say. She says what she really needs to say without a filter. Uh, If you go too far, someone pulls you back, you get challenged. And that's been the most helpful thing for me. Just that feeling of like, a referee when needed kind of deal. I, I think that's really important because then you're not making each other into the enemy. There's someone else that's a third party that can kind of blow the whistle and be like, okay, hey, like, yeah. let's let's walk it back, kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and ask like good questions and, and kind of flush it out of you if you're feeling like, or or if there was a miscommunication just kind of like helping you untie that knot where it's like, no, I thought you meant this. You're like, no, that's not what I meant. Like that type of stuff I think is super helpful. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like it's really great for you to be open about the couples therapy thing because there's, I feel like, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. There's a stigma around it where it's like, oh, people are only supposed to go to couples therapy if they're like really um, having a huge problem in the relationship. Like you only go in when there's a crisis. But I love the idea of just saying, oh no, this is a tool that we have and we go there twice a month and it's just like a maintenance thing. And I I think that's really healthy. Yeah. I, I, uh, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's like anything else. Like, I don't want to, if I can use it to avoid a problem, I can, I'd I'd rather do that. It's, I know not everybody has the, um, ability to, it's like a luxury for some people, you know, like I I, I think it's kind of silly that it's not covered by insurance, but I get it. It's not necessarily medical, but, uh, if you can afford it, if you can afford that luxury as a couple, I think it's really helpful. 
Yeah, no, I think it's as well. And I, I I don't get why it wouldn't be covered by insurance. I mean, I know that it isn't, but um, I don't see how that like going to a couples therapist, it's it's still helping you with your mental health. It's not like, yeah, a different thing it must be tricky because it's like two people, you know, like one person could be yeah. older and it could be more expensive and the copay and all that stuff. So um, eh, I don't know. Either, I don't it's know. it's it's too too complicated I I, to to even figure out. This is The Bachelor Zone, your spin-free zone for hard-hitting Bachelor stats and analysis. We're your hosts, Michael Wally, Zachary Pike, and Daniel A. Duddy. There's a lot of Bachelor podcasts out there, but we're the only one that goes beyond the gossip and takes you inside the world of competitive dating. And even if you didn't have enemies, you did have a target on you. I mean, again, I my perspective during filming was I am not a front runner. We break down all the offense, the defense, and all the strategies that make The Bachelor the best sport on TV. No spin, no drama, just the facts. Just because something isn't on social media doesn't mean it isn't real. I don't see very many guys posting their dicks on social media. So are we to assume that all these guys who don't post their dick don't have a dick? Come find us on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. What have you been watching more recently? Well, uh, I finished Netflix last week. That was nice. <laughs> I stole that joke. Somebody, I can't remember who said that, but somebody said that to me once and it was really funny. I can't remember who it was. Uh, I feel like I've seen that joke too. Yeah. Not that it's not original, but yeah. yeah, I think that a lot of us feel that way. I do feel like I've run through the queue of all the things that would be relevant <laughs> to my interests. It's like, no, I don't want to watch another Viking series. Stop it, Netflix. Stop it. <laughs> I watched is this. That, is that your? I'm a Vikings guy, yeah. But there's this show on uh, the Discovery Channel called Alone, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's like a survival nature show, but it's almost like Survivor. They take all these uh, wilderness survival people and they put them on this crazy place. Like they put them in Vancouver Island, which is like basically a rainforest, and like a. Then they put them in uh, like the arctic basically and whoever survives the longest wins like 500 grand which is not worth it by the way they should call it they should call it starving because it's just basically these people starving having to try to catch fish in this wilderness but it's addictive as f so i've been i watch that you have to take it in small doses because it gets super depressing by the end because these guys are just like huddled in like a mud house just like eating slugs and stuff they're like holding on their teeth are falling out and you're like now, why am I feeling awful? You're like, yeah, because you're watching someone slowly die. So you got to do it in small <laughs> doses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what I think also it might be a little bit um, too close to home for some people because the people, like you said, they're all alone, right? Yeah. So if you're in isolation and you're watching someone else in isolation trying to hack I it, I can't tell if that would be... Like a good thing or a bad thing? I guess maybe it's good seeing someone else go through it. Well, I was watching it, right? And I, I, I hadn't put my finger on it. And I'm like, Josie, I feel like garbage today. Why do I feel so depressed? She's like, what episode are you on? I'm like, like nine. She's like, yeah, why don't you stop watching that sad show a little bit? <laughs> Come over here and watch uh, Married at First Sight with me. So Yes. Oh, that was that was a really quality trash TV at the beginning of the pandemic. Oh, man. Uh, 
Yeah, I feel like it does affect your mental health because um, with podcasts, for example, like I used to be really into listening to true crime podcasts and mm. I would drive down the freeway listening to them describe how some serial killer is ripping people's bodies apart yeah. and all this different stuff. And then I would be sad or I would just feel kind of <laughs> dar- dark and weird. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Why am I Why eating this? Or like, yeah, just eating <laughs> steak raw, just like having nothing but... <laughs> Yeah, or like, well, I mean, when I lived, I was living alone, you know, and so trying to fall asleep alone when you're thinking about murderers that might come get you, it's not good. Not good. So I swapped out my murder podcasts for self-help podcasts, and here we are. Here, here we are, solving problems every day. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm going to wrap things up in a little bit because I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um. But there's something I like to ask all of my guests uh, it's a segment that I like to call hot tips, hot, hot tips. tips, hot tips, hot tips. Oh, wait, maybe you could have like a rap. Hot tips, hot tips. Boom, boom. No, I don't no, know. No, I'm no. really bad. No, 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 no. I'm going to stop. Don't I'm do gonna it. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. You know what you should do is one of your raps about your father. He's very funny. You should. <laughs> You've had that conversation. Have you had that conversation with like your grandmother, your aunt yet? Oh, no. My mom calls me a lot and tells me she has good ideas for my for skits. Oh, yeah. Your little skit. You should do one of your little skits. We're in the subway. We're in the subway, Uncle Axel. We cannot do a skit in the subway. (laughs) Yeah, she'll call me with ideas and they're never funny. And I'm just like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah. I don't want to hurt her feelings. Although she hears this, then she should. (laughs) Sorry, mom. Busted. (laughs) Uh, so the hot tip, um, what I would like to know is if you have a shitty day, uh, whether that's like you, uh, tweet something out that you think is really funny and it totally falls flat or I don't know, one of your dogs shits in the house, (laughs) something terrible happens, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you turn your day around? Is that like a piece of music, certain kind of special food or, um, some sort of mantra that you tell yourself? Um, we already talked about exercise, so that's boring. Sometimes if I call an old friend who I haven't talked to in a really long time, uh, and we connect, it almost like forces you to be on your best behavior because you haven't talked to that person and you're not like that. You know, it's not like you haven't talked to them in 10 years. You're like, Hey, I'm feeling pretty down. Like that'd be really weird. So that helps sometimes, you know, talking to an old friend or someone, someone who is just like a fresh shot of energy, you know? Um, the other day I just went to the ocean. I just, I just drove to the beach and like looked at the ocean for a little while. And that was pretty cool. And then a buddy like met me there and we had like a, like a beer or whatever. And it just shakes it. It just shakes it off me. Yeah. Yeah. A little change, change of scenery. Yeah. Like being alone and sad is a vicious cycle. I know some people, they get sad. So therefore they want to stay alone and they get more sad that they are alone. And it's like this sort of cycle that just feeds itself and i i try to avoid that yeah yeah i have the same instinct i like that when it just just calling an old friend because um i think now like i have so many different friends that are all over different parts of the country that i just don't see so the only way we can really maintain our friendship is through the phone and so getting to call them i'll talk to someone maybe you know once a month or something and of course i like I'm not going to call them only when I'm down or, you know, I'm going to try to catch up with them. Yeah. So yeah. it's a good idea. 
Yeah. Uh, Force a smile a little bit. Sometimes the face leads the brain. <laughs> you know, you just like, not, not to be one of those guys that tell you to smile all the time. Uh, but like <laughs> I, if I just make myself smile, I'll sometimes be in a better mood, you know, like almost like watching mm. a comedy or something. I just, it just like my face leads my brain rather than my brain leading my face if I can. Yeah. I think there is science behind that, that you, if you give yourself a confident posture, they have like that power posing where if you, if you sit up straight and you like reach your arms out in like a powerful way, yeah. then you're going to feel more confident. Like I even just did that. And I do, I feel like, Oh, okay. I'm in uh, charge now. I'm, right, I'm rocking Dude, I, this I, podcast right now. <laughs> I might be completely wrong, but at least, at least my perception of it feels better. Yeah. I mean, that's what so. I, that's what I like about the surfing thing is that the thing I love about the surfing thing that's so effective for me. And I sound like a spokesperson for the damn sport is that it's a little bit, <laughs> it's dangerous. It, there's like a, there's like a, like skiing or snowboarding except harder. Uh, um, it's dangerous. And if you think about anything else, you're, you could be in trouble, you know? So it like forces mm. you, you know, some people meditate for, to be present or whatever. It's almost like, like there are some, some people like jujitsu where it's like, there's a risk factor and it forces your hand and it just clears your brain. So I can't recommend it enough that or, or something similar, you know, jogging for some people. Yes. But that for me, I can still get lost in my thoughts while I'm jogging. You know what I mean? I still can like get, if I'm having, if I'm like having an internal argument with myself, that whole jog is just like this motherfucker, you know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. I usually try to put on like a podcast or music or something while I'm jogging so that I don't get um, too distracted or yeah. too bored, I guess. Yeah. Uh, would be the better way to say it. I really appreciate you coming on yeah. uh, and just, you know, being so open with, me and everybody listening it really means a lot um and uh, do you have any last words of wisdom to anybody um that might be struggling out there or anything else that you want to share uh hang on everybody's having a weird year uh and we'll get through it we'll get through it we'll get through it hang on everybody <laughs> this is gonna get bumpy <laughs> Thank you, Lloyd. It's time for Wrong Answers Only, in which I take your questions and I do my best to make your life better. I give you terrible advice as well as actual good advice, and you can choose which one to use or throw it all away if it doesn't work for you. I'm not a therapist or a life coach, but since I started this podcast, a lot of you have started to DM me about your mental health questions or relationship problems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I figured, why not answer them for y'all on here? Here we go. Okay, today's first question comes from Joy Mamie, who, by the way, has some really great guided meditations that I will drop in the episode guide. Uh, she wants to know, how do I get motivated? This is a very common question I get a lot because apparently I come off as a type A super motivated person on social media. So a lot of people want to know, like, how do you get all that shit done, Katie? Uh, well, I'm here to tell you. First, I'm going to give you the wrong answer. Don't! Motivation is for suckers. Achievement is overrated. Staying exactly where you are is the safest plan and the path of least resistance. 
you're fine just the way you are. The correct answer? Visualize that big dream. If you're apartment hunting, instead of just endlessly searching through the listings, trying to find something in your budget, put away your computer and bring out your sketchbook. Draw what your dream place looks like. Does it have a dope kitchen with vintage tile? A cute little reading nook? What does the street look like? Are there lots of trees? Is it a place that you would really like to go and walk your dog? These are all important things. You can visualize yourself in that space and attract it to yourself. Or if it's about a job, imagine yourself in the job that you want. What are you wearing? Who are the people around you? How do you feel? Now go capture that damn feeling. And also, don't get too overwhelmed by the big picture. Break things down into small, actionable steps that you can actually do each day. Our next question comes from Bootleg317, and they write, I have family who chalks up my social anxieties and depression as me being immature and lazy. How do you cope with living with someone who can't seem to grasp the reality of your depression? Firstly, I'm really sorry that you're dealing with that. I hate that for you and they suck, but you asked, so I have to deliver first with my wrong answer. Move out and move on. Tell them they're the lazy ones for not knowing how to Google the symptoms of depression or honestly, just lean into the laziness and go full Big Lebowski. Really play into the character, start wearing a robe 24-7 and insisting that they refer to you as the dude. Correct answer. Unfortunately, we don't always get to choose our family. And a lot of times, if someone comes from a different generation where therapy was only for crazy people, I put that in air quotes, of course, then they're just not going to understand. I think the best thing you can do is try to open up to them. Tell them in very concrete terms how your depression impacts your daily life. If you just say, I'm depressed or I'm sad, then they might not understand all of it. But if you share your specific feelings and experiences, it might help more. Like, for example, it hurts me when you say blank because it makes me feel blank is a really good way to have a non-confrontational discussion. That way, you're not blaming them for their ignorance. You're educating them. Good luck. And also, make sure to set boundaries and take your space. Like if you're living together with people who don't get you, you got to claim your space. You know, they're not going to change overnight. So you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself too. Try to stay in touch with friends or a therapist who actually does get it so you can vent about your crazy family to them. Also, for the record, you are not lazy at all. You're doing your best. And the fact that you reached out to me just shows that you're trying to take actions to better yourself. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that it made you feel less weird about whatever random shit life has thrown at you lately. Some details are in the description, but please check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com for a list of all the fun stuff and resources that we mentioned in this episode. Also, be sure to check out Epic Rap Battles on YouTube to see the latest videos that Lloyd is creating. Such awesome stuff. Instagram is at cryingbehindpod, and I've been your host, Katie Dahl. I'll continue to be that person for a while. Please subscribe, review, rate, or share this podcast with a friend who might enjoy it. Or don't live your life. 
And if you want your question to be answered on my new advice segment, then please feel free to DM me your questions about mental health, self-care, relationships, or career stuff. I really, I'm here to help so I can answer them for you. Or if you want to be totally anonymous, just let me know. I don't have to read out your name on the podcast at all. Um, You can even create a burner account and email me at cryingbehindpod at gmail.com. So whatever works for you. Next time you're sad, just throw on your sunglasses, take a walk outside, and remember, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny. Yep, here, here.